Hey listener, this is Ralph from Beer, Blood, and the Bayou, reminding you that if you love our podcast, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Classmates.com, or wherever you consume our show. We also want to remind you that if you have any questions, comments, or would like to unload on our latest podcast, please call us at 405-806-0476 or write us at listener at beerbloodbayou.com. Thanks. Beer, Blood, and the Bayou contains adult language, graphic descriptions of delicious hop treats, and real crimes perpetrated in and around the greater Houston metropolitan area. Viewer discretion is advised. Bitches. Much better. Much better? What do you mean? Well, obviously, I was not on the podcast last week because of my illness. You weren't? Well, you have to You have, to have seen the ratings, right? <laughs> uh, which is why I'm here today. I'm not 100%, but I wanted to make sure that the ratings didn't bottom out. Do so. you? Um, are you still contagious? No. I had strep throat. Are you sure? I'm a 100% sure. Unless it's on my... Clothing somehow. I don't know. I, just, I don't have fever, which is good. You're really close. It took about four days to get it get over this illness. Really? Yeah. Did you and, uh, Did you stay home from work? Three days, which I never do. You're a liar. Cannot make that up. Hmm. That's how bad it was. Bedridden almost. Did anybody, and you know what's funny is whenever you what? go to the hospital or the doctor's office, yeah, and for a sore throat in this case, and you can barely talk. In my case, I was drenched in sweat, miserable, pale. Felt terrible. And what they, did your uh, what did your temperature get up to? One oh three. Ooh. And they, the doctor and the nurses, still insisted on like rubbing my throat, you know, looking down my throat. Like you would think that by now that I, I even told them what medication I wanted, and they actually ended up prescribing that. It's like, why do they need to go through all these steps to make sure that I'm? Am I telling a joke about being sick? No, because they went to medical school. Maybe, you know, they, they do a throat culture if you, they think you have a strep throat. Yeah. Which I have a bad, horrible gag reflex. I know, oh, yeah. I know you don't in college. Well, you I were, know that you, yeah, we used, you used to, to do that trick, right? Yeah, the yeah. banana thing, but <laughs> I forgot about that until just now. And then but I, I used to, you know, while you're sleeping, but uh, anyhow. Anyway, I yeah. have a terrible gag reflex and I told the guy that, but we started getting sidetracked on some other conversation and he's like, okay, open wide. And I'd already forgotten about the conversation yeah. and I just instinctively... You know, I've always been told if you, if a grown man says, open your mouth, I close my eyes. So I, I did. And I shit you not. What are you going to I say? thought I was going to, please don't. I me. thought I was going to throw up on the guy. He used what a, a, did not feel like a normal tongue depressor. It felt like a <laughs> one of those Home Depot paint sticks you use to stir paint with. Yeah. It was fucking huge. Really? I almost wanted to punch the guy. I yeah. had just told him, I'm like, don't do that. You know, I think, uh, um, I can't, I can't handle that. I do think that some doctors, I swear to God, I think they're sadists. I think, think they, so? I think they really, really enjoy watching people be in pain, watch people suffer. They have this like God complex. Um, I remember I had to get a spinal tap once. Wow. 
Ow. And yeah, not, yeah. And not the album. Yeah, not the album, and definitely not as fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sick for like I think a, a total like a week. I didn't eat. I barely drank any fluids, and then finally, um, the medicine started kicking in, and I was feeling better. And I was so hungry after not eating for four or five days. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I go, I go to a Vietnamese restaurant, not Huey's, one up in Humble where I used to live. Mm-hmm. I gorge myself on a big old bowl of pho, a bunch of spring rolls. I think I ordered some fried spring rolls, all sorts of stuff. And I was so full. I was like, oh God, it was just so refreshing. And I get up and I'm walking to my car and then all of a sudden... Just, I wake up and I'm on the ground and I'm digging my head into the pavement. Like it was so weird. Like I couldn't control it. This like, is a dream. Or no, 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 this is real life. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, um, digging my head into the pavement. I'm just like this having this reaction and yeah, really, really crazy. Uh, long story short, get to the doctor at the hospital. He says, look, man, we think uh, they did it like crawl a, the whole way there. They did MRI. What? He crawled the whole way there. Yeah, yeah, crawled the entire way there. Um, I'm just trying to paraphrase, trying to move this mm-hmm. thing along. Please do. They Go did ahead. a uh, they did an MRI and they said, "Listen, man, we're you got your your brain is bleeding." Oh shit! And I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" I was like, "Was this from the fall or like?" They're like, "No, no, 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 no. This is, you know, we we may be him. We we're not really sure, but we need to do some follow up tests, and we may have to, um, you may have to go into surgery, like emergency surgery." Damn. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, am I going to die? He's like, I don't know. Wow. Right to the point. Yeah. Did you not hear this? Did you not know? When story? was this? Um, I would say probably 2000, 2008, 2009. Wow. Yeah. So then they, um, so, so this fucking, so bring me to the um, part of the spinal tap. So they have to put this huge fucking needle in my back because they need to pull out spinal fluid because they need to see if blood is in my spinal fluid Mm -hmm. and the doctor who walks in, he looks like a fucking Nazi, like stereotypical Nazi doctor. He's got some really small spectacles. Are those what you call them? The little small glasses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Weird beady eyes, no accent. Blowing blonde hair. Yes. And he just scared the shit out of me and he's just taking this. He's like, hi, hi, how are you? And, um, he said, listen, I'm not going to lie. This is really going to hurt. I'm like, how is it going to hurt? He's like, we're going to, well, we're going to numb the area, but it's going to hurt. Ugh. And so then he proceeds to push this huge fucking Son needle, of a bitch. I didn't want to hear this. Huge needle in my back. And it hurt so bad. And I swear to God, I saw him smiling. I swear. No shit. And he's mm. like, oh, almost done. It's going to hurt. Well, well, well okay. It's going to hurt right now really bad. And it's like he was enjoying it. I had that, um, do you remember when I had that bump on my back forever? Yeah. You do? Are you being serious? Well, yeah, I put it there. No, it was, oh, no. it was like an, I, it was like a cyst or something. I don't know, but I put it off and it kept getting bigger and bigger. And I went to the yeah. doctor and the doctor, a little short guy was looking at it and he said, he just started laughing hysterically. And I said, why are you, why are you laughing? He's yeah. like, because you think I, you need surgery. Like I, I can't do anything with this oh really i thought maybe he could just lance it out or something yeah he insisted like i go to the the hospital the next week at at the latest and so i did and they ended up getting it out but they told me the procedure i need to do to wait you you had to have surgery yeah i have a big sperm on my back they cut like a three inch gash and 
pulled this thing out. You were completely under? Or just no, local? it was on my stomach okay, and just okay. local. But it was, I could feel them working and it was not, it was awkward. Yeah. No pain, but you could feel them like scraping. It was gross. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I was like, are we done? After the procedure happened, he goes, we're good yeah. to go. I go, well, how do I bandage it? It's like in an odd place. And he's yeah. like, well, just maybe have a family member help you, but just repack it. And I go, repack it. There's no stitches. He goes, oh, no, no, no. It's gonna. It's, you gotta leave it as an open wound until it heals. It'll close on itself. Oh my god! I said, "Well, how much bandage is in there?" And he's like, yeah. "Ah, about a little bit less than three feet." <laughs> and I'm like, "Let me get this straight." Three feet. And let me tell you, he wasn't fucking lying. Oh my! God. I had to have my mom the first time I do it. Yeah. Help me, just I just get it out. And so I, I was on, looking wait. in the mirror, and I could see her. It was like a fucking clown pulling out a handkerchief forever <laughs> it was it was probably about three feet um so disgusting. Well, wait, question though did, did did you have to have it changed or mm-hmm. just a one-time thing that's what i'm saying so they had to be done uh, i don't know if it was daily or what but it was eventually i got so, to where i didn't have to pack it anymore i just had to like swab it which was still weird and like put peroxide in it that's disgusting it was bad but I don't know why we're talking about that. But yeah, we're getting really, really. So any other any other boils or marks on your body you want to talk about? Pervert. Just those corns on my feet. Ugh, gross. I've seen it. Well, let's drink this beer. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I got wild cherry squishy beer. Um. We talked about this last week on the podcast. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I really didn't actually drink it, and I really wanted to drink it tonight. So. Oh, you did. A f- Last week was fake. It was a fake. I lied to all of our viewers. Every wow. single one of them with their eyes as they're viewing our podcast. Wild Cherry it, Squishy. It looks like a Simpsons label. It is. Very good good eye. So oh, really? I, I went into this last week in the podcast. You obviously did not listen. But for Halloween, Eureka Heights, uh, they mm-hmm. dressed up as? The Simpsons. No, the Duff Brewery. Very clever, huh? Mm-hmm. For Halloween, they dressed up as another brewery, technically, and so they had a like a quadruple uh, quadruple release. And as you know, in The Simpsons, it's not um, a slushy; it's a squishy. So it's a wild cherry beer, fruit sour with a little bit of lactose. I think it's six something percent. Hey, baby. Oh no, it's. Uh, I'm sorry, it's five percent. Anyhow, so the reason why um, I'm doing this again is because it tastes exactly like a goddamn icy. You're shitting me. No, no, it's great. Here, you ready? Are they going to keep this around, or is that a one-time thing? No, it's like a one-time thing. I mean, you know, they're trying probably not to get a cease and desist. Here you go. No shit, right? Yeah. That was my next question. Yeah. Smell? Smell? Let's look at it. Hold on. Let's look at it. So it's red, right? Color? Or pink, yeah. Tiny little bit of carbonation. Kind of, you know, actually, you can't see through it. No, let's do a quick smell. Strong cherry. Yeah. Very, sure. very strong cherry. Yeah. All right. I was expecting like a Cheers. sweet tart or something, but yep. it's not. It's all cherry. Hello? Yeah. It tastes exactly like a, it tastes like a melted slushy, doesn't it? No, it tastes like a, like a vitamin water or like a Gatorade. Oh, does it really? Yeah. I think it tastes, I think it tastes exactly like a slushy. I don't drink a lot of slushies, but I know when you and I go on road trips, you come out with that 46 slushy. ounce icy. Yeah. What do you think though? It's pretty refreshing. No, right? I like it. Yeah, it's 
pretty good. Definitely kind of a summer beer, though. It is, but, you know, we're in the winter now, and it's, as we record this, what is it, 36 degrees outside? For once. I think so. Yeah, and our room is actually, it feels okay in here, doesn't it? We should record once a year. Yeah, I think so. It's not, I mean, it's not the worst idea in the entire world, but. um, Easier to get us together. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, where is Brower? Oh, yeah, Brower's not here. Brower had a last-minute cancellation, a family thing, right? That's right. Family first. Yeah, so it's like we can't, it's it's getting harder and harder um, as we grow older and as we mature as male men, men who are males, uh, to get together at least once a week. I was I literally live around the corner from you and I couldn't come last weekend. That's real granted when, when I was you were sick. sick but yeah. yeah, the C D C was crawling all over your house. Yeah. You had one of those tents over your house and Yeah. So and I'm glad you didn't come over because the last thing I'm probably still gonna get sick. No, it's good. You're gonna leave here and I'm gonna fucking come down with what whatever it is that you have. I'm gonna be sick for four days. I'm I'm very busy at work right now. I can't afford to. You know, I thought I could at least uh, work. I can do my job anywhere with an internet signal and a laptop. Yeah. I couldn't even do that. You it really knocked me to my feet. You couldn't even sit up. I mean, I just was so miserable. Yeah. Could not. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to talk about medicine the whole no, time. No, it's okay. Yeah. So uh, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Uh, this weekend, we actually laid low because I was pretty sick. Uh, actually, on Saturday, we did get up and had some friends that wanted to go some true friends that wanted to go to the renaissance why do you say went for the went for the day with the kids what do you mean true friends well you were supposed to go oh that's right with your wife and you backed out well like you said you had a binge on the new netflix uh bo what is it uh bojack horse if i'm being honest i thought there was probably a 75 to 85 percent chance that you weren't gonna go oh no that was a good so i made i made backup plans man that's pretty smart. Went to Worst Fest in New Braunfels. How was that? Have you ever been there? I've heard that one is the best one it in Texas. Is unbelievable. Um, now I've never been to like the legit Oktoberfest. Why do they do it so late? I don't know. They it's been going on for like three weeks. Mm. But they had this like huge like infrastructure, like a massive beer hall. It is fucking. I couldn't believe how big it was. Um, and there's thousands and thousands of people there. Lots of different buildings and tents and the food was, the food options were absolutely. It's like on a fairgrounds or something. Yeah. They have like an established fairgrounds. Like it's like a German Disneyland for three weekends. Yeah. I think maybe three weeks. I'm, I think it goes, I mean, it may get there and go after week. work on a Monday. Maybe. I don't know. It's dude. It was absolutely amazing. That's not what I was thinking of. So that's something I need to look into. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, uh, I, I put, put on my leader hosen. I, um, it was yeah, probably one I weekend fun of what it was probably just a weekend at first, but it's gotten so big to accommodate yeah, I everyone. I don't know if it's actually during the week and these new, I can't imagine it is gonna, new Braunfels people are going to kill me. Um, there's no way mm, by the way, that is, it is an amazing town. I mean, one of my favorites, it's right by the river. Mm-hmm. It's like old school, Texas mm-hmm. by make, green, which is awesome. Yeah. It, right. Yeah, exactly. Really, really close to green, Texas. It just makes you proud to be a Texan. In the summer, that town screams Texas. Oh, yeah. That is the town I think of when summer hits. Yeah. Some people think of California. I think of New Braunfels. It's not as humid as Houston. Still I know. Hot, still hot as balls, though. Yeah, don't kid yourself. Yeah. 
still want to own a vehicle with an air condition. But that, uh, you know, the river is pretty cool, as in temperature cool. I was going to say, which, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that the everyone in Texas should go to the river twice a summer, minimum. So I don't go anymore. A lot of people associate it with college and, like, you don't go as an adult. But yeah. I'm here to tell you a lot of adults go and it's still fun. I don't go. I mean, I used too to. Too cool? No, 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 I used You liked to. a whitewater raft. It was just... Uh, <laughs> you want to go um, big. No. Uh, but, it, yeah, it just... It's too... Uh, it's too lively for me. Uh, uh, you you know, like I, could have, I could have a heart attack. I don't know what's going to happen, but... No, to be honest with you, um, just sitting in a tube all day, like, in the sun, drinking your nuts off. I just... I'll tell you what it is, man. It's... Grown-ass man syndrome? No. Well, that's that. And then just all the memories in college. Mm-hmm. Growing all, up. All, of all the hangovers. Like the horrible, horrible, horrible hangovers. And, like, have you ever gone, like, on a river trip and it's hot as fucking balls and, like, you, you've been sunburnt like, all day because you're an drunk yeah. idiot? You do not wear... I don't think you're allowed to wear suntan lotion Yeah, exactly. In you put no sunscreen on. And then so... Um, back then, you know, you can't afford a hotel room or anything, mm-hmm. so you got to fucking. Tank. Who's driving home? I'm yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah or right, worse, right? yeah, yeah, or worse, right? But the worst was a fucking tent, you know. And oh so after yeah. That, then you just go and you stay in this hot fucking tent, mm-hmm. and then you wake up. There's this like piercing fucking sun coming through the tent, and you're completely parched. You just want water, and of course, you know, you're a fucking twenty year old idiot, and of course, you don't have any water. And then no. you just go and you go into your car and you just turn it Scrounge on. Scrounge for change and go take a shower with the coin operated yeah. showers. Yeah, dude. It's, I don't know. It's, so it's a little bit of all of that, you know? Not, well, not, and that's what I think a lot of people think when they think of the river. But yeah. as an adult, you go in your RV and you got AC and it's just different. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I did, I do have a lot of good memories, but I just can't anymore. You've got a lot of better ones elsewhere. Well, no, I'm just, I'm an old man. Look at me. I didn't want to say anything. It's It doesn't feel good, you know? I mean, I think you shouldn't let that beach body go to waste. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've been working really hard on this. Um, lots of uh, barbecue uh, pork. Oh, that was good. Brisket. and. Let's get to the um, blood section. No, 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 no. Not no, at no. all. I want to keep going. Let's do this all night. I want to keep going. Okay. Season's eatings. Okay. You ready for it? They're ready. Okay. Let's do it. We will be right back after this. <laughs> Let's do it. Are you excited? Excited to hear your slow, sombering voice. I, I think my do voice... Do the blood section. If I'm going to be honest, I think my voice has a certain character to it. It draws interest, draws attention. People want to listen to me. I've always felt that since I was a little boy. I thought you were going to be honest. Mm. Okay. All right. We need I, to put that out to a vote. Yeah, maybe. Listener or viewers, JD, whatever we're calling you right now, or JB, mm-hmm. let us know what you think. So is this going to be pretty interesting? I mean, a lot of times when I do them, they're epic and interesting. So yeah. I'm assuming that you're trying to outdo me. Okay. Let me, um, you ever heard of, um, uh, Michael DeBakey? Who hasn't? 
heart yeah. surgeon number one maybe in the world yeah definitely in the united states one of the first american surgeons to perform heart transplants yeah he's a big deal people know him there are fuck, there's a fucking statue of him in the hospital in the, in, in the medical center i've seen it he's got a, he's got his own medical center in the um, medical center mm-hmm. it's like medical center squared they have a life-size replica of his heart also in a glass container in one of the hospitals what i'm joking that would be what creepy fuck that is yeah okay i thought you were serious you want to delete that because you're no 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 it's super... no i was scared but now i'm okay okay all right so uh i'm uh, i'm at work um on my lunch break scrolling working cron, hard all day cron.com mm-hmm. looking for uh just you know which they used to have an app and they deleted it and i've ever since then i've gotten off the chronicle yeah you anyway. know yeah their internet um if you just like a normal why well, i get it sucks. but they had a really nice app that they decided to abandon like four years ago yeah hmm anyway uh so yeah so this is uh this comes from uh sorry i was i was reading the chronicle and the headline by Todd Ackerman, it says, Did Michael DeBecky, the 20th century's greatest surgeon, perform sterilization for the Nazis? What? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to I'm gonna read just a little bit from his article. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go over to a reference blog that he, uh, he quotes in his article. All right. Did Dr. DeBecky, the foremost figure on Houston Medicine Mount Rushmore... Performed forced sterilization for the Nazis. Already proven. In a new blog post, a British medical historian raises the shocking possibility. All right. So you're going to have Thomas Morris. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, medical historian. And, when was uh, this? Uh, when was what? Like the 50s, 60s? Did you do the know? Not the Nazis, dude. I, like the 30s. I know the when, that, when it wait, happened, wait, 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 but oh, when, the, he, when is sterilization? No, no, no. The, during here, I'm, I'm just gonna. I, oh, I, okay, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I, even I, way for here. Let me just let me go ahead and. I want to just interrupt the whole time. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, like I said, Thomas Morris, uh, he is a medical historian, and um, he had this blog post, and a lot of people picked up on it in the medical community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually it's a hundred percent fact. It's based off of. Well, I'll just go into it. Okay. Yeah. So the name of the blog post is uh, The Heart Surgeon and the Nazis. So, uh, and I'm going to read right from his blog post. Uh, the American Michael DeBecky uh, was one of the giants of the 20th century surgery. His extraordinary career spanned eight decades beginning in the 1930s, ending only with his death at the age of 99 in 2008. He is best known as a pioneering cardiac surgeon, but in the early 1950s, uh, he and his then colleague uh, Denton Cooley also revolutionized the treatment of uh, aortic aneurysms. The Becky was one of the first American surgeons to perform heart transplants, but perhaps his uh, greatest contribution was in the development of mechanical circulatory support, i.e., miniature pumps known today as uh, ventricle assist devices or VADs, designed to give assistance to, fa- to a failing heart. So DeBecky is something of a personal hero of mine. And again, I'm reading from this guy's blog post. Right. So, I mean, I guess he's a personal hero of mine too, because maybe we know his uh, grandson. We do. Ugh, we probably shouldn't bring that up. Yeah, Anyhow. Okay. Story. So, uh, it's a personal hero of mine. In fact, it was a BBC documentary about him filmed when 
the surgeon was in his late 80s, but still very much active in the operating theater um, that first got this blog writer interested in the history of cardiac surgery. Uh, he says, uh, I featured his work frequently and with great admiration in my book about the history of cardiac surgery, The Matter of the Heart. So I was shocked to discover that Abakey, um, at the very least, witnessed and possibly even performed forced sterilizations at the behest of the Nazi regime. This may sound like an extraordinary claim, but the evidence behind it is solid, and it comes from the surgeon himself. 1972, journalist Donald A. Schwatzi, I, I'm probably totally... It but, doesn't sound like that's right at all. Yeah, okay. Recorded many hours of interviews with Michael DeBecky as research for a biography that um, he was intending to write. Uh, he never completed this project, but the transcripts of the tape, they did survive and were donated to the U.S. Library of Medicine. They are all available online, hmm. but seem to be little known. I've read them all, but for the most surprising revelation comes in tape four, in which DeBecky talks about his early life. All right, so we're going to flip back to 1935. You ready? That's crazy. I'm blown away. Are you ready? We're yeah. going back to 1935. So this is... And you better make sure this is legit, right? Yeah, yeah 100% our, legit. Absolutely. We're not going to get our doors kicked in by a bunch of white coats tomorrow, right? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Yeah, no, no, this is in the, this is in the Chronicle. This, this is an allegation by this guy who writes Dude, that's, blog and... Dude, that's K-H-R-O. It's not even the real Houston Chronicle. <laughs> no okay it's definitely the right crime right. that was horrible joke okay uh so like i said 1935 so this is um right on the cusp of world war ii okay mm-hmm. so 1935 michael debecky traveled to europe to complete his training with leading surgeons in france and germany to be one second when i i know a lot about world war ii when i asked earlier when was this? I meant, I thought maybe you were saying he was doing some kind of sterilizations for former SS uh, no, no, troops no, that were like no, 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 no. captured, you know, and no, 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 no. after it's, the trials no, and stuff like as it, a punishment. No, it is way worse than that. Like he did it for the justice of all kind of thing. No. That's why I was like, what year was this? But no, anyway, no, I want to sound like it. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Um, so he completed his training, uh, with leading surgeons in France and Germany. After a year working for Rene Litchery in Strasbourg, again, I'm probably... Strasbourg. Yeah, I know Strasbourg, but Litchery, Rene Litchery in Strasbourg, uh, he moved to Heidelberg to study with Martin Kirshner. He arrived there shortly after Hitler won a landslide in the infamous election of 1936. Mm -hmm. And there's a big quote on election there. In reality a yes or no referendum in which yes was the only acceptable answer. Hmm. We're deep in fucking Nazi Germany here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, this was a German, this was a Germany grip of a full blooded Nazism. I just said that, uh, a country that had recently enacted the Nuremberg laws, which made Jews officially second class citizens, beginning a process that would end the atrocities of the Holocaust. Okay. So Michael DeBecky was 28 when he arrived in Heidelberg. That's when you puck, you start packing your shit up, by the way. Yeah. You do not stay there. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, but dude, he, he doesn't have the foresight of what's going to fucking happen, you know? Well, and also, you know, the, the Holocaust and a lot of that was, you know, all of it was hidden, you know, right, from, right, from right. the general public, right? Well, well the neighboring the, towns knew. What? You were seeing those documentaries where they, 
what they did that you know that some of the neighboring oh, yeah. towns they made them walk through it oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. At, excuse me after the war all right so michael debecki was 28 when he arrived in heidelberg uh heidelberg i'm sorry but he appears to have been um, ignorant of the political situation or at least not have been interested in it. In his interview with, with Donald Shanksy, he talks... God, I'm fucking totally butchering that. Yeah, I'm, he, you did a lot of research. He talks about a friend named Ernst. We never learn his surname, a fellow surgeon. So this is a quote from the tape of Dr. DeBeck. He says, there's one fellow by the name of Ernst who had a car. Uh, he was a cut above most of them, obviously financially, obviously a well-to-do family. He was the only one that had an automobile and he and I became very good friends and he took a liking to me. Well, what do you know? You fucking be best friends with the guy who's got the car. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't? Yeah. And I took a, so okay. He says, uh, and I took a liking to him and we got along beautifully. And every Friday night we go off together. He invite me to go with him to where's the, the story going. Wow. Invite me Romantic. to go with him to the Mannheim to a meeting of the Nazi group that he belonged to. I don't know whether it was an SS group now or what it was, but I've got pictures of myself with this group sitting around in a beer hall around a big round drinking table, drinking beer together. Well, the meetings occurred every Friday night. So he invited me to join him in driving over to um, Anaheim, which is not far, but a, a much bigger city than of course um, Heidelberg. And I guess the, uh, the headquarters for the Nazi group, I, I don't know. He was an mm. officer. What? That's, I'm just, this is blowing me away. Yep. Um, he was an officer of this group and he'd go to the meeting, you see, and I'd sit in the beer hall waiting for him to come back. And then they come back and we'd have a beer and a sausage and things like that. You see, yeah. you see, is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, he Look at him. You see <laughs> his pants are like all the way above his belly button. Yeah. Um, and then drive back to uh, late at night, back to Heidelberg. Okay. So this is back to the blog post, uh, or the blogger. Um, talking. So he says, some may find this submission surprising or even damning. By 1936, there was not much doubt of what sort of regime Adolf Hitler was leading. Germany had uh, Germany has been transformed into a, a one-party state. Jews and Roma were openly persecuted. The country's armed forces had occupied the uh, the Rhineland and the breach of the Versailles Treaty. Was it really wise for Debeke not only to socialize uh, with a self-identifying Nazi, but to attend political meetings. No shit. Okay. Many men of his age, visitors to Germany, would have been horrified by the idea of spending time with politically active Nazis. So he just didn't follow the news that much. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. James. I know. I'm, I'm starting to get nervous. Actually, yeah, I've been following a lot more it's news like, lately. Yeah, like you would go to, like I don't know, Russia, and you're like, oh, KGB, what's up, guys? How you yeah. doing? No, I've been following a lot more news. Okay. Quit, quit pro quo. I can Good. tell you about it later. Oh, quo, quo. You I can tell you more about you. it later. All right. Uh, you have been horrified by the idea of spending time with political activists. Impeachment. Um, I think it is, however, possible to defend his conduct if we accept his assertion elsewhere um, that he was politically naive and ignorant of what was going on. But that was not the worst of it. A little later in the conversation when talking about his work operating theater um, in Heidelberg, he says the following quote, the only thing there was one experience that I had that kind of went against my grain. I didn't like, I noticed that we did a lot of sterilization operations. And one day I said to, and I assisted in these, you see, I worked, I did some of them. So mm. there he is saying he did it. So note the words. I did some of them. Okay. Then we go back to his quote. 
Um, it was very then for the males, it was a vasectomy. That's very simple. So I said something one day to, I think it was Ernst or one of the other men. I said, you know, why are some of these people wanting to be sterilized? Ernst said, well, they don't necessarily want to. They're ordered. So maybe he was told that they were just prisoners or, I mean, he's just digging <laughs> okay, himself into a hole. And then, okay, so then back. Okay, so then he says, and I said, what do you mean ordered? And then Ernst says, well, there's a tribunal of three judges um, that are appointed that decide whether or not they are to be sterilized. Hmm. And I, and then Debecki says, and I asked him on what basis? And he said, well, there's various basis. Um, there's certain that they're, there's three judges find that they fall into a certain category. They're sterilized. One is insanity. They're declared insane. And after we put them in an insane asylum, they're sterilized. Another is if there's some something in their background to indicate genetically that they have a high chance of giving birth to somebody who's deformed or have um, another, for example, abnormalities or insanity in the family, that sort of thing. What? Yeah. They have to be sterilized. And one of them also was, if I think Jewish extraction, um, having certain other things. I forgot now, but I found this kind of repulsive and I didn't get into it too far but it seemed to me cruel to make this decision because I saw some of these people and they didn't look like they were insane to me. I could talk to them. Wow. All right. So then he goes on to say, not to Becky, but the blog, the blogger to clarify to Becky states, um, unambiguously that forced sterilization took place in the Heidelberg clinic where he worked in 1936 through 1937. He claims that these sterilizations were performed on those who were insane, uh, those who were ill, or Jewish. In his first answer, he states that, quote, I assisted in these, you see, I and worked, I did some of them. Look at him, prove it, you see. Yes, you see, you see. All right, he subsequently uh, tried to backpedal on this statement. Um the the interviewer asked whether he ever refused to participate in operations in the operations. The Becky replied, "Well, you see, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I was not really a participant in the true sense of the word. See, now he's backpedaling, dude. Wow. Yeah, I was not. So. A tr- yeah, so I was not a pr- participant in the true sense of the word. I was participating in the technical aspect of it, assisting and so on to learn something about it, and that's the way we did it. But I didn't have a um, a per I didn't have to participate and it wasn't assigned to me. I had more responsibility. Okay. So then the interviewer asked, so you were more of an observer than an active participant. And then, Debe- and then Debecky says, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> I'm reading this word for word. Not- yeah. He says, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And after I was not very keen about even observing this anymore, I didn't like it. Super put, into it at first. Yeah, I put my time elsewhere I've seen enough of it anyway, you know, from a technical standpoint. All right. So uh, please go into more depth of that. What's a technical standpoint? I don't know, but he's really trying to dig himself out here. Okay. So um, it says back to the blogger says it's clear to me um, that the interviewer threw to Becky a lifeline, an opportunity to back down from his initial position. You know, in the background, he's like, dude, no, <laughs> you got to, re- you got to say something else. I mean, I'm going to hit record again, but just change that shit. Josh was doing the uh, cut on his throat thing. You know, you're going to be the best uh, surgeon in, in 20, 30 years. I mean, you've got to backpedal. Okay, but if this. his first answer is to be believed, he assisted in, 
and even performed some of these procedures himself. Um, he says, I find it surprising that this incident from Debecky's early life is not better known. Me too, motherfucker. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Me neither. Okay, so it is at the very least um, startling that one of the American medicine's most celebrated figures seems to have been caught up um, in a bit uh, unwittingly in the eugenics policy of the Third Reich. Uh, the regime the regime that forced hundreds, if not thousands, of German doctors to break the Hippocratic Oath, performing unnecessary and distressing operations on patients who did not give their consent. It appears that Becky was one of those doctors. So he should have probably not been able to proceed in his life as a physician after something that heinous. I mean, I guarantee He hid you, that. He pushed that on the rug somewhere. Well, I don't know. I mean, he was openly talking about this to his biographer so, or a guy who was trying to write a biography on him. Well, maybe this biography was like I mean, one of his good the, buddies. They were questioning him like in the seventies. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't, who know? Maybe I have no idea. I'm not, I, I feel bad even trying to speculate as to why he thought that would be okay. I know he's done such great things. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. I mean, he's, I mean, you got to think about, think about all the lives he saved, right? Well, um, I mean, you can't just do a wash. You know, I, 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 I'm not, you can't go spree shooting and then like. <laughs> Go and, and by save the way, 100 Yeah, I know, I know, but um, yeah, it's pretty fucking shocking, right? Okay, so this blogger obviously got a fucking ton of heat, okay? Fuck yeah. Yeah, and so he did a little update here. He said, update, um, there's been a fair bit of interest. I made all that up. <laughs> uh, there's been a fair bit of interest in this article since uh, I published it a couple hours ago. If you'd like to see the original transcript for yourself, you can read it on the ML NLM website here. Relevant sections begin on page 22. So he links it to the... Um, and it's gone. No, no, it's here. It's still here. Um, the uh, So it's a U.S. National Library of Medicine. This is, I mean, this is the U.S. government, right? So, uh, and then, yeah, here's, his, here's the transcripts right here. Do you see him? Just flipping through them, right? Starts on page 23. So uh, it's legit. Now it's good Photoshop work. Yeah, man. So good Photoshop work. So yeah, so I've never heard of that. That's crazy. So sixty pages. Um, it was created March sixth. Read all sixty 19, pages. Nineteen seventy two. Okay, it all started <laughs> a cold London night. No, anyhow, pretty fucked up, huh? I mean, if, if that if I was in medicine and I was in Germany and I met a guy who had a sweet car, if I'm understanding the story correctly, and he said, <laughs> "Hey, do you want to start having some fun doing some vasectomies?" and I would just be like, "Fuck it," and. I don't know that I think after like one or two, I'd be like, dude, let's go to the pub, man. I mean, yeah. is this what you like to do? And he's like, no, nah, don't ask, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Let's just keep cutting them. Keep sniffing. Yeah. I mean, at what point are you kind of like, why are we doing like 20 a day? Yeah. Do y'all hate kids around here or what? You know what I'm saying? It's obviously something's going on. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, why would he, uh, it's like he got the explanation after the fact he had to have been, uh, I mean, I, I God. Fuck, I don't want to... I feel so bad, like, talking about this guy like this, right? Because, I mean, we, the city that we live in, I mean, he's a he's a, mm-hmm. he's a a hero, right? What are you going to uncover about Mattress Mac? I don't know. Who else are you going to smear? I don't know. But I, this was... You can thank the Chronicle for this, because they're the one who... Actually, you can thank the, uh, the blog post, because, um, yeah, so... Very interesting. It's it's absolutely nuts, man. I mean, I just no pun intended. Yeah, Thomas Morris. Yeah, medical historian, man, out of out of the UK. So, um, yeah, very interesting. 
Good find, man. I feel uh, not great. No, I'm, you know, when I do, when I research stories for the blood section, I don't usually try to run someone's name in the ground, but that's good that you're able to do that kind of investigation. <laughs> for sure. It wasn't me, man. I'm literally, I'm literally reading what somebody else wrote. I feel like those recordings were laid dormant somewhere in a basement. Like he paid someone just to shut up for like. No, 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 no. It wasn't. These were transcripts. I understand that. But the guy was going to write the book. And he eventually did not, and they, they turned him over to the National Library of Medicine and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But that guy, know. maybe he was just paid to be like, don't write your book anymore and just... I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Who hush knows? money. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Why he... Yeah, okay. So why he never... That, that would have definitely hurt his career. Oh, God, of course. Given the fact that there's been so many Nazi hunters, hunters over the years. There's a yeah. great documentary out right now on Netflix, actually. Which one? It's about a guy that they found um he had a nickname and it's on the tip of my tongue ivan the terrible oh yeah yeah Did oh you yeah, watch yeah i saw that yeah 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 great well, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to ruin I, it i didn't watch it but um i've been wanting to it, watch it just do yourself a favor and watch it i was trying to convince a wife to watch it she, it's, i was like i was like nazi hunter revenge and she's like no just watch didn't it it's watch not it. it's a roller coaster of emotions when you watch it yeah but i'm not gonna tell you the ending Right. You need to watch them. But anyway. Well, cool. That's it. Um, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. It makes me not feel great, but that's I agree. what I found. So, All right. So you're going to do, you. do blood. I just found out. So it's going to be quite weak. Okay. But well, I will do you it. Need, it needs to be at least 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah. What else? Uh, let's go further into that DeBecky story. Nah, <laughs> we will be right back. All right. After this. Bayou Browers Bayou. That was not necessary. So I talked about it before. <laughs> uh, whenever I uh, lifted the ratings on the podcast, I guess two weeks ago. Okay. About the fact that most people are now getting cameras, high def cameras, because the price has gone down. Yeah. For security on their home, so you're seeing a lot more action and funny stuff, bad stuff in front of people's houses. Uh, you know, on Halloween, I saw one on this Neighbors app that I recommend everyone get, which is just an app, not a sponsor. It's an app that everyone in the neighborhood can upload their videos from their cameras or just simply say, hey, my house is on fire, you know. I thought, though, this is the standard Ring doorbell. Ring owns the app. Okay. Or they bought the app. Okay. called Neighborhood or Neighbors or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, a lot of the videos you see on the app are from Ring, but you can upload any video. I don't personally use Ring. I think it's kind of... Hokey. So um, wait, well, hold on. You don't use what 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 doorbell do you, thing do you have? Oh, I have fifteen GoPros. <laughs> no, I uh, no, look. See, see, I'm on my Ring app, right? Mm-hmm. And then I hit nearby incidents, and then basically it's like a social network. And it just I understand has, that. I have the same thing. What I'm saying is that app. I have the same app, but I use Amazon Blink cameras, which is different. What is that? It's. I mean, Oprah knows them. Okay, so no, this is like this any is, any camera. The app. Yeah. It's called Neighbors or whatever the fuck it's called, 
right? Okay. We can agree with that. Okay. Anyone can get that app. You don't even have to have cameras. You, you sound can, really upset. You can look at it. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a spokesman for cameras. Okay. That being said, the app, you always get alerts about someone's, like, they see a fire or there's a break-in or the cops are coming, you know, whatever. But here lately, I know you've seen this, there's been an overwhelming amount of coyotes. Oh, yeah. In Oak Forest. I have seen that, yeah. And I don't really, I never really knew they were an issue, but apparently it's been an issue for quite some time. Yeah. It's uh no, I mean, to be honest with you, at least in this neighborhood, like it's, it's, it's always a problem for you. you. It's it's a new thing. It wasn't something, I mean, I've been here since 2013 and I've never heard about not a one coyote. I've never even seen them. Well, I've seen them on the, on the, on the doorbell app. So you've been, you've noticed these, for, well, yeah, lately you've seen them. Yeah. But you, years ago, this wasn't something I'll you tell saw. you what, though, they're pretty cuddly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, a lot of people think that when they think of a coyote, they think of um, eating their small dogs and, you know, yeah. their hamsters. But yeah. they said it's a very, I read it, there was an article in the Chronicle that I read about it, and they said it was a very, there was a very small sample of coyotes that that ever happened. It's almost a myth that that does happen. Yeah. And usually they've done research into their stool, which has got to be a great job. Wait, Pick, research in their what? In their stool. <laughs> I mean, to, to have your job is going around picking up coyote crap is pretty exciting stuff, <laughs> then, I'm and sure. Then, and then to sift through it. Right. But they usually find like literally like trash or, yeah. um, they said like rabbit meat, rabbits, not rabid. Yeah. Um, but it's never usually like a dog or a, a cat or something like people suspect. So they're they're more afraid of humans, as they say. But, they, but people say that about everything. Like, oh, snakes are more afraid of you until they fucking bite you and kill yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you never know what to believe. Man, I tell you what, though. I mean, the videos that I've seen from the various doorbell apps or on Facebook or other people, like, they just look like normal dogs, man. You know? Well, not really. I mean, they kind of look like... They look scrawny. They look scrawny, kind of hyena-ish. Is that fair assessment? I mean, honestly, it makes me want to get a dog and just not feed it that much and make yeah. it look like a coyote. Yeah. But have it like highly trained. There we go. Instead of walking it, just let it go down the street real fast. Or let it howl. Yeah. At the moon. And then let it come back. Yeah. And be on everyone's camera so yeah, I can get I'm all okay these alerts. Yeah. Because people are making a really big deal about this. Yeah. And in the woodlands, apparently it was even worse. But Oh, really? I think that that's what you get for living in the woodlands. Exactly. You get coyotes. And you get a big old, big old uh, fake forest out that, in the middle of nowhere. And that's the irony of the woodlands is because it's, listener, if you don't know, it's a master planned community that's world-renowned, apparently. Uh, developers have come in to see what they've, I've heard this, see what they've done to this community. In other words, they've, what they were able to do is pretty impressive. You can drive down the main streets in the woodlands and not see anything but woods. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But it's funny because there's an article on the Chronicle just about the woodlands and how bad they were complaining about their coyotes. And it's like, that's what you wanted. So did you yeah. buy this house in the woods and be like, yeah. I, there's animals everywhere. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't no, get it. No, no, Not in my backyard. You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean. But, so also in Texas, there was a Mansfield home, speaking of cameras, that they have footage of the homeowner having a cow ringing their doorbell oh wow look at this picture let me see oh yeah isn't that, isn't that interesting news that's pretty funny an entire cow so it's as a, opposed to half a it's cow it's a gigantic fucking cow on somebody's fr- 
front door in suburbia. Ringing the doorbell with his nose. Yeah. Isn't that just cute? That's that's, that's just, just darling. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That was, that was, makes my heart all warm. It does. <sighs> Go, Texas. You know, Brower never says uplifting stuff like this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Whenever you're down, you look at cow doorbell pictures. <laughs> that's what I tell people. So, in more interesting news, I got one more story that I'll okay. talk about because I just found out I was doing this section five yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. But I will um, go into the story. That you didn't know you're doing it, but that's okay. No, I didn't get the yeah. memo. Yeah, Kanye West came into town. Oh, he did. He did, and what? he. What was he in town for? That is something that you will have to research on your own. Oh listener. no, no, I know why. He was at the uh, Travis Scott Astroworld Festival. Which I didn't understand that. What do you not understand? What is Travis Travis Scott's Astroworld? So Travis Scott had an, uh, an album called Astroworld. Okay. So Travis Scott is a recording artist. Mm-hmm. He records songs, mostly of the rap variety. Okay. Hip hop slash rap. You ever heard Sicko Mode? It's like a great song. I probably have. It's okay. Probably my ringtone. I don't yeah. even know it. It's a great song. Check it out. Anyhow, he's he's from Houston. He's a Houston native, right? Okay. So he named his uh named his album Astroworld. Now he's at like a festival that he calls Astroworld, and so he actually uses some of the stuff from like the old. He has like Astroworld, Six Flags like type of themes and stuff. And so he had this, uh, it was actually more of like a variety show, man. He had a, yeah, so he was there. Fucking Marilyn Manson was in town performing at his show. And like there's these pictures of Marilyn Manson like on a slab, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, then Kanye West. That's what it was. So that's why we got to this. Kanye West right made a surprise appearance this is like the greatest concert ever i get you we didn't go did we did you know on a side note of texas performers do you know post malone yes you know he's from texas is he yeah well he was born in syracuse new york but he grew up in grapevine he did yeah you know why why because his dad was the uh, he was in charge of uh not the marketing but like the um memorabilia and stuff like he was in charge of all of the for the dallas cowboys like okay. all of the he was like a, a high up in their office the cowboys that he moved the whole family to grapevine texas i didn't know that yeah he claims like texas is his roots really isn't that crazy i never knew that i didn't either so i was just doing a lot of research and post malone this weekend right no anyway so i'm gonna con- look into that as soon as we're done here are you being you no know, i'm dead serious back check it i like post malone no he's cool he's definitely like different him. he's um He's a good guy. Needs a haircut, I think, maybe. Face tattoos, drinks Bud Light. Yeah. Um, that I could do without actually both of those things. I saw an interview with him, and he had a come and take it flag in the background. Yeah. And I was like, a lot of Texas people put that on their bumper. I think he's talented, man. I, I, I like his stuff. Yeah. A little auto-tuned, but that's okay. But I think he's, guy's got a lot of passion. Yeah, graduated from high school. Great vine. Yeah. Most, he vote, voted most likely to be famous by his students. Mm. Anyway, back to Kanye West. So he is going to attend the a service or the service uh, Sunday at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church. Really, which is odd and hilarious. That is amazing. the The most thing, the the oddest thing about it to me is that he's going to stay here for a week. I guess. I guess so. That's weird. Yeah. He loves church. I guess now. <laughs> no, what he's is, so yeah. So he just released like a gospel al- album. Really? Yeah, yeah. So he's like he's going to. He, uh, so like his big, his first big song was Jesus Walks. He's like a hardcore Christian. Um, really? Now I'm not saying maybe he fell off that wagon. Maybe Christian. Well, when I think of church, I think of Kanye. Me too. But, um, so he, he just releases like this gospel album and, um, yeah. I mean, the guy's famous. He's neurotic. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. 
if he wants to release a gospel album and sell millions of albums, he can do that. Well, he's going to have a 15 to 20 minute conversation with Olstein at the service. Really? So he's going to get up on stage and, talk, and he's going to perform. Uh, so uh, this place is going to sell out. Uh, you know. <laughs> so first of all, so Lakewood, I mean, it's uh, it's the old compact center. That is correct. So I used to go have, watch. They uh, have the capacity. And shit. And I mean, it's free to go. I mean, you don't need a ticket. You want to go? I do not. That's going to be a fucking madhouse. Well, according to the Chronicle, Joel is uh, still putting his questions together, but he will talk about uh, Kanye's uh, journey to his faith. Really? Right. And actually, there's a funny part here. The um, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the Chronicle said that if he he spoke to Olsen's wife, and she said he said you want me to sing you a song or something. He could obviously tell she was really, you know, like fame struck or whatever. Oh, really? And um. He said, well, I can sing you a song. She's like, really? And she picked uh, Gold Digger. She did. For him to sing. I ain't saying he's a gold digger. I'm totally making that up. Oh, all, okay, that, okay. all that was, I was made about up. to say. Would like, that be crazy, though? God, it would have made sense. Because, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, she's a priest now or a preacher or whatever. Yeah, I know. She's always, she's always been one of the people who talks to, uh, talks to the congregation, and that is called a? Preacher. Yeah. Priest, preacher. Min- minister. 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 I don't know. Uh, leader. Cult yeah. leader. God, could you imagine trying to get it? That's going to be such a shit show. It's going to be, I mean, this fucking town, dude, it's. Yeah, what are you going to get? Like, you may get all walks of life in there, if you will. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, you're going to get, I mean, it's going to be. You're going to get non-religious people in there. Of course. Of course, man. But, um, you know, if he's going to be anywhere. Gotta any be church. church. <laughs> He's going to literally the fucking biggest church. Yeah, you can't be Kanye and announce you're going to go to some cowboy church the week exactly. before. Because <laughs> they're going to need a whole hell of a lot more hay bales out there <laughs> to sit on. If that's going to happen. You got to go to the... If you're uh, going to go big, you got to go big. You yeah. got to go to the, the Olsteen's yeah. church. Absolutely. That's cool, man. Well, that's yeah. all I have I um, on such short notice. Okay. Well, thanks You're for, like, okay, well, I mean, well, I mean I'm thanks, doing that again. I mean, thanks for coming prepared, I guess. I was very prepared. Huh. Okay, man, I already miss Brower. Hate to say it, it's fucked up. Yeah, I just wish all three of us were in the room together so we could. That would be a better way of saying that than just saying you miss one person. I just wish we could all be in the same room together. We could hold each other. We're like old men, like hoping our wives listen to this podcast. Yeah, and let us hang out with our friends. I know okay. it'll happen. All right, I'm gonna go ahead next and weekend. Cue, I'm gonna go ahead and cue the music, please. I'm already tearing up. Yeah. Don't go home and listen to some Kanye. What do you think Brower's doing right now? Probably listening to Kanye. You think so? Yeah. Love Kanye. I really do. Now he's got some stuff. I love Kanye.